Welcome to another segment of Financially um, Speaking. Um, it's such a pleasure to be here today. I'm here looking on this camera. I just realized how much gray hair I got in my head. But anyway, I'll take care of that soon. I'll go to the barber shop, put some dye on this. Especially since my birthday is next week. Even I'll have a different look next week. Um, but anyway, um, it's a pleasure to be in your company today. And so, you know... Uh, I'm looking forward to this this um, conversation. Um, I think it was December is trying to get it, but due to circumstances beyond our control, we're not able to get the gas on. Um, something unexpected happened, and so it's a pleasure to have today, um, Mr. Terrence Gibson. He's the country head um, for um, CIBC First Caribbean Bank here in the Turks and Caicos. Um, he's from the Bahamas, but he's, um, I'm quite sure he has connections here with Turks and Caicos. I never ask him that, but I believe he does. Um, and, um, and here we're going to have this open discussion. And please, free, you could, you could send your questions to me on Facebook, or you can, you know, text me, and I will ask Mr. I will relay the questions to him. This is your opportunity here. And with that said, I, I, I want to, this is the second time on the show. I think the f first time we had a joint meeting with RBC, I believe. Yes, and, correct. And, yeah. and so now this is, he's here by himself, and so we have more time just speaking about um, First Caribbean. And with that said, I want to welcome uh, Mr. Gibson. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Mr. Seymour. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, Mr. Gibson, um, I, I really appreciate this opportunity um, to be, for you being a guest on the show, and I think um, the timing is, is, um, is great because... Um, um, there's a lot of, um, you know, when you look on the social media, uh, when you, you know, when you in conversations with people, their um, First Caribbean has now become like a household name. Yes. I mean, not just First Caribbean. I mean, all the banks have become like a household name. And, and the first thing I want, I want to talk to you about is the notice that we received. Um, if you could explain to us um, the reasoning behind it, the notice that we received um, from um, the bank saying that in fact to January 3rd that um, these transactions, the counter transactions would be no longer be uh, available and, and you're going to be having more um, ATMs. Yes. Um, of course, you know, a lot of people are concerned about that because they're saying a lot of times ATMs are not working. So, so tell us what's the reasoning um, behind, I know it's not just Turks and it's also the Bahamas. Tell us what prompted the bank to make that decision, and and, and in your in your response, I also want to consider um, some of our um, some of the customers, such as the uh, as as the elderly and those that are not tax savvy. I want you to consider that as well. Thank right. you. Right, not a problem. So I'll start off by saying that. Um, for this particular uh, over-the-counter cessation activities, First Caribbean Bank is actually catching up to Royal Bank and Scotia. Um, if you um, customers would note, um, Royal Bank and Scotia has had that um, particular thing in effect for a while now, right? Really? And yeah, yes. Um, you have to be a customer of the bank to effect transactions, right? 
um, you they no longer accept you to come and, and cash a check if you don't have an account with them. So, so this notice is only for non-First Caribbean customers? No. It's for all customers, but I'll explain. Mm. All banks, and this is throughout the Caribbean, and you even see it in the United States. The United States, of course, they are far advanced ahead of us in the Caribbean in terms of how banking is done and everything being digitized. So First Caribbean, First Caribbean Bank has been on the journey of digitization for a while now. And this uh, over-the-counter cessation is just uh, part and parcel of that journey, right? So <clears throat> what we are seeking to do is have our customers use the ATMs to do those transactions that are uh, 2,500 and under where they can get swift and effective service. We've expanded our ABMs inside of the Leewood Highway branch, which is our main branch. We now have six brand new ABMs, three on either side. They can accept uh, cash deposits right into the machine. They can also accept check deposits, right? Um, what that is going to do for us is reduce the reliance of people having to go into the bank and stand on the line to do, do these small transactions. There are now more ABMs for them to go to, get their transactions done quickly, and get out. Up to 2500 Up to $2,500, yes. They can withdraw up to $2,500, and um, they can make their cash deposits. And the cash deposits is up to? The cash deposits, the, the I believe the machines can take up to 50 bills. Okay. Yeah. I know sometimes um, there is uh, an issue sometimes when people are making deposits, the cash deposits. Sometimes the machine may not recognize some denominations. But what I would say is whenever a customer experiences those kind of issues, they can either reach out to somebody within the bank to assist them or we will take them to the teller to do their cash deposits. For senior citizens, we have not stopped any type of service for senior citizens. They can go into the bank as usual and transact any type of transaction that they want. Okay, all right. That wasn't that wasn't clear. I think in the in the press release, yeah, on the senior citizen part. I, I do believe it was there. Oh, okay. I, I think I think we just called it senior clients. So oh. um, people may not have seen that. You know, the use of saying senior citizens, so we call them senior clients. But uh, yes, we would not. Um, take away those services for our senior citizens. They, okay. That, they that, are welcomed. That's good to hear. Yes. Now, the reliability of the ATM still. Yes. Um, I understand you say you're going you're gonna to see this revamping and stuff like that. But how reliable are the ATMs? Right. So what I would say is over the past couple of weeks, um, customers would have seen where the ABMs inside were unavailable uh, that's primarily because we were doing some construction inside. We were adding the, the three new ones. We were changing the layout of the ABMs to give people more privacy. So instead of uh, the ABMs being on a straight wall, they're now staggered. So when you go to ABM, somebody else next to you can't oh, okay. see what you're doing. I haven't been there. Okay. Yeah. So that was one of the main reasons for um, having them unavailable at the Leewood branch. And for the inconvenience to our customers, I apologize. But, you know, movement in technology and improving things, sometimes you have to go through a little rough patch. But um, 
all six ABMs are functional now. We are monitoring them in terms of, of availability and sustainability in their operations. We are looking to see um, when exactly they need to be replenished with cash so customers don't be unduly inconvenienced. So we are looking at those things to make sure that our ABMs are topped up in a timely manner. What I would say is, is First Caribbean is the biggest bank on the island. We have the most customers and we realize that our, our customers have gotten used to that and, and expect the ABMs to all be working. But you know, at some point they do run out of the cash. And also at some point they may have some errors. Um, that's technology. They're not gonna be 100% all the time, but we do have indicators to let us know when those things are happening and we do make provisions to get that sorted out as quickly as possible. Okay, so basically, so there's some red, there's some red flags that will indicate to you when you reach a certain level of cash. Yes. And, yes. and okay. Yes. yes. Now, what about grantor? Because a lot of um, a lot of um, um, noise in the market is also coming from grantor. You know, they are not. Um, a lot of people are not happy. Yes. They say the ATMs are not working, and of course, you know, you're the only bank there. Scotia is yes. not there. Yes. Um, what about the reliability of the ATMs there? Yes. So we know Grand Turk is a unique case. Um, there's currently one ATM in Grand, well, one ATM at the main branch in Grand Turk. Uh, there's one offsite at the cruise port. So uh, what I have told my team is if there's an issue with the ATM, then service the people inside the branch. Right? So we, we understand that there are may be some issues with regards to Grand Turk and the ABM, and we are working to make sure that our customers are serviced when those issues happen. I would also say for Grand Turk, I know there's been some um, concern about that branch possibly closing. Um, I, I can say that that's not the case. We're actually working to see how we can improve the Grand Turk experience. Um, I will ask our customers to bear with us a little bit longer um, we are looking at Grand Turk and seeing how we can improve the customer experience overall for that particular branch. Well, that's good news because I, 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 I think we saw a, a press release where a branch in, in Grenada, um, I think was recently, that they, not, they announced the closure of the branch in Grenada. Yes. And I, and I saw some feedback from some folks in Grand Turk. They said, well, it looks like the same thing is going to happen in Grand Turk soon. So that's very good news to hear that. Um, Grand Turk branch will remain open at least for now. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, for Grenada, um, I, I don't think it's a secret. I think that is one of the territories that the bank is is looking to exit, and um, so those uh, things that are happening there was probably around that particular um, scenario. Got it. Got it. So. Um, so in the meantime, I know there's some construction going on in the meantime yes. on the Leeward Highway branch in Provo. Yes. And I noticed that um, folks are now going to the Grace Bay branch. Yes. That, that's, that's correct, right? That is correct, yes. So um, in order for us to facilitate the construction at Leeward, um, some of the operations had to be moved to Grace Bay. You know, it's like you're trying to do... Uh, fix something on a moving vehicle or a moving ship. You know, um, operations still have to happen, but um, you may have to stop certain things in order to facilitate that. So same thing here in this particular instance. Um, 
right now at the Leeward Highway branch, we are, are still doing processing the loans there. Mm -hmm. um, people can still go and see their loan officers. They can still go see their platinum manager. Um, they can still go to Leeward Highway branch to collect their cards. Um, and we also process uh, the corporate night wallets at that branch. Got it. Um, any other service is now at the Grace Bay branch. Got it. Now, speaking about the night wallets, um, I remember you guys have discontinued the drop boxes yes. in the bank. Yes. Um, and and so so now we have to use the, 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 the we call it drop Yes. The night wallet. Yes, night wallet drop, yes. Share with us, um, if you can, um, why the bank made that decision to discontinue the the drop box. I felt more safer. I know I know you can't, you know, you're not immune yourself from anything, but I felt more safer going in the bank, mm -hmm. putting the stuff in the drop box mm -hmm. than to be outside looking to see who watching me as I put them. I'm not very, I'm not comfortable at all. Um, I know I used, I go different times. Right. I don't go the same time. Um, putting, of course I have, for those who are watching and trying to target me, I don't have cash on me, by the way. It's just checks. But I still, you know, look. And um, um, and so I don't, I'm, I don't feel safe putting it in the Dropbox because I feel of security risk. Okay. I'm more comfortable. So why did you discontinue so, that, that, that service? Right. So the whole premise of discontinuing that service is is to have our customers use the alternate channels, right, to get persons out of the branch. And I know the Dropbox, you go in, you drop it, and then you leave. Um, for us, we're trying to get all of our corporate customers to use the night drop. I, I know you, you pointed out that sometimes you don't feel safe. What I would say is... For those customers who are relationship managed, if it is that they are just going to be depositing checks on an infrequent basis, then they could reach out to their relationship managers and, and have uh, a talk with them. And I'm sure we can work something out for them, right? For the general customer who has cash, um, we prefer that you use the night drop. Um, that's the mode right now. We're actually going to... Um, put in a second drop right there. So you will have two drops uh, to use. So in case one gets full or, or something happens to that particular one, there's a second one that okay. you can utilize. But for us, it's, it's more so uh, we really don't want our corporate customers to have any reason to come to the bank. Okay. Uh, so this from, is the same thing in Grand Turk too? They have a drop box in Grand Turk? Uh, Grand Turk, um, yes, they do. Okay. They do. Okay. So, I want to go back to your point where you say you, you like you're behind RBC and and um, Scotia in terms of um, accepting deposits from cashing checks, right? Yeah. But I know um, Scotia and RBC, you can still go, you can still process transactions. For Maybe, a fee. Huh? For a fee. I, I go there to pay my well I go to pay my American Express card. Right. I, I know the I know the businesses they charge on I think twelve dollars. Yes. For I mean over the over the counter transactions. Yes. yes. But they haven't discontinued it. I don't think people would mind paying a fee. 
Right. So what I would say is if if there is a transaction that you cannot do online, then you can come into the bank and do it. Right. Okay. Um, you just have to provide us with the, the reasoning that you're there and we will do it for you. But uh, from our standpoint, the majority of the transactions are you have that ability to do it online. Um, so we are encouraging our customers to use our online platform which is uh, right up there in terms of, of okay. um, compatibility with uh, whatever they need and up there in terms of, of usage and ease of use. Right. Yeah. Are there plans to, to um, I know you say there's one ATM in Grand Turk. Yes. Are there plans to install another one? I mean, I'm not sure your customer base in Grand Turk, but I do know that we have the cruise ships coming there, and, and I think they, I don't know, of a million cruise, um, at least three years ago, prior to COVID, maybe it's now 800, I don't know, um, who probably will be using, um, who will want access to ATMs. Yes. Are there any plans to increase the ATMs in Grand So Trek? there is currently one actually at the cruise port. Um, so that's, oh, okay. that, that's two on the island of Grand Turk now. What I will say, I will speak for TCI in general. Mm -hmm. We are looking at expanding our ABM footprint in TCI in general, uh, and Grand Turk probably will encompass that. Um, but okay. we're also looking at expanding our ABM footprint here in Providenciales. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Okay, let's talk about um, mortgages. Yes. Um, the rate, uh, the interest rate has increased significantly. Very, very significantly. Yes. Um, I think it's, I don't know, up to 8 to 9% now. Yes. Explain to the public about this about this interest rate. I mean, I don't know how people are, are making it, honestly, because um, especially not if you didn't have a fixed interest rate with your mortgages. Right. You had a, if you had a variable rate, right. you are impacted. Yes. And, and so this is now additional money that it has to come out of someone's disposable income. Yes. Which they didn't expect. I think for the last three months or so, every month the rate has been going up. Yes. What 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 is the problem? What, why is this happening? And what what how can the bank help us? Well what I would say is the TCI currency is a US dollar. And and most of the time that um, goes to our benefit. Right, but there also sometimes where it goes to our disadvantage, and currently we're in the state where it's it's to the customer's disadvantage from the point of view that the the Federal Reserve has continually increased rates, and um, because we're tied to the U.S. dollar, then that impacts us and that impacts our customers. So we have no choice because we're using the U.S. prime U.S. base um, as our interest rate. So whenever that increases, unfortunately, the customer's overall rate increases. What I would say, though, is um, if those customers are experiencing challenges, please reach out to us. Um, we'll see how best we can help you. But, you know, uh, this is a, a part of market changes. Um, we have no control over that per se. The best we can do is see how we can assist uh the customer based on their individual circumstance. Okay. I mean, the reason I ask that too, because you, you have, um, 
you have other banks who are approaching customers, right? Yes. And saying switch. Right. And 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 this and they and they're telling these customers if you switch, I could give you a lower rate. How is it that other banks can approach your customers right. um saying they're gonna offer you them a lower rate when you're telling us that the rate has increased because of the fat when when the other banks are saying, No, come over to me, I'll give you a lower rate. How right. how could those other and they're all Canadian based banks. Right. All based U US related. Right. How is that possible? Well, I, I can't directly speak to the inner workings of the other banks per se. I know um, all of the Canadian banks, we try to be competitive with our rates. I know um, there are some banks that may have significantly lower rates sometimes than us, but I also know that that may come along with certain conditions, hmm. right? So I, I will not specifically speak to that because I'm not an expert on, on how they Okay. Deal with the interest rates. Well, what I do know is, however they do it, they still have that impact of the Fed rate increasing, right? So in terms of, of what kind of rate they'll offer you, I don't see it being significantly less than what we're offering. Hmm. You know, we're going to remain competitive also. So if any of our customers, and, I, and I'm all for protecting our customers, so if any of our customers... Um, have that kind of issue then reach out to us and we will definitely see how we can assist you okay well that well that's good to know that i mean you know because sometimes you know people might just give up but at least they could at least try they, they reach yes, out to you yes uh, we we were definitely open to speaking to our customers um and what i would say you know every case is different True. every individual circumstance is different but no matter that we will look to see how we can best work with our customers and yeah. service our customers. I mean, what I would encourage customers to, I mean, if they're able to to get a very good rate, to try lock it in. Because we don't know what's happening in the future. If yes. you're able to get a I know some people have variable, some people have fixed. But if you, if you get a very, very good rate, then lock it in. Because we don't know what's going to happen. We really don't know. You know, unfortunately, we don't. I mean, that there has been talk that um, you know this this increase in the Fed rate can't um, be um, on a consistent basis for too long, because it, eventually, what it does is stifles the U.S. economy. But they had to do it to um, stave off inflation. I think uh, inflation is now reducing. So I think sometime in the future we will see the rates going down. But as you pointed out, that's up to them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we have no control over that. So now someone is asking about, um, of course, you have customers in South Caicos. Of course, you have customers in North Caicos. Yes. Um, I know that Scotiabank has an ATM in South Caicos. I'm quite sure they do at, at, at Super Valley Supermarket. Um, are there any plans to have ATMs in, in, in um, South Caicos? I remember growing up when I was in South Caicos. That was many years ago, by the way. Mm-hmm. I left South Caicos in, in um, 86 and um, I remember when I was living there, um, First Caribbean Bank used to come there once a week. Yes. Um, to service their 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 customers. Right. I wish Scotia Bank would do that for Grand Turk. Um, are there any plans um, to? I know you say you, you, there's a there's a uh, you plan to increase the pathway of of, of ATMs. Yes. Particularly now in the Providenciales. Are there any plans to? 
to have ATMs on 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 South Caicos and and North Caicos. Well, we currently have uh, one ATM in North. Oh, you have an ATM. Yeah, in North. we have an ATM okay. in North. That's uh, that's operational. Uh, we do plan to probably uh, replace that sometime later in the year to probably a newer model. Um, in terms of South, that is going to be considered in our overall uh, review of, of ABMs across TCI. Will we specifically put one in South? Uh, I, can't, I can't say right now, um, but I would say that uh, our ABM footprint across all of the islands is under review. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I, okay. Well, I hope I hope after listening to the show and you will consider um, my birthplace um, to to put it on to put it there um, in South Caicos. I don't know, you know, what all involves in terms of the maintenance of of right. ATM. And of course, I know you have to have, make sure you have to have cash there, you, you have transport and all that and stuff. stuff yes, there, yes, I know it involves yes. a lot of. It does. Of, yeah, it does. Yeah. I, and I, I know the trucks and gates are unique in that we have all these different islands. Um, and, and of course, you have customs in all these different islands, so I do hope that um, um, some consideration is is given to to an ATM in in um, South Caicos, because of course, you know, when you use another um, ATM from another bank, there is a five dollars fee. Yes. Uh, and so, you know, five dollars is a lot of money for people in South Caicos. Five dollars is a lot of money for people here. So I do hope that um, um, you 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 consider that you you. I know you will. I know you will. I know you're gonna. I know we're gonna have an ATM in South Cape. I'll, I'll take it under advisement. All right. <laughs> in terms of the, the 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 communication services with with the banks, um, a lot of people complain that um, they cannot reach anybody at the bank. In fact, they don't even know what numbers to call. Is it the plan of the bank to to use um, uh, everything digital, um, just like how they plan to have everything digital with banking? Is it planned for them not to speak to a live person? Um, if not, does the bank want, want people to speak to individuals, or is it just use, using this automated uh, machine where you talk to, where you press one, two, three, four, five, and you still don't get nobody? Right, right. What I would say is that uh, the bank always welcomes feedback from our customers, and when they have issues, we actually have uh, a number of customer service centers that individuals should be able to reach out to. So what I will do is um, I will ensure that we put out some kind of uh, paraphernalia notices on social media and in the paper uh, what the number is for our customer service centers because okay. I know sometimes it may be difficult to reach somebody in branch. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's primarily because um, these persons are servicing the customers who are there. So a lot of the times they may not be available to take a call, but uh, we do have a customer service center where persons can reach out, um, tell somebody live on the other end what their issues are. That person will then package the issues and send it to the relevant departments of where it need to go or alert us here in TCI. Hey, you have a customer in TCI. This is their issue. Um, please attend to it. So we do have avenues for that. And okay. I, I think, um, it's probably a case where customers don't know what that contact information is. Mm-hmm. So I will make that readily available for That's everybody good. so they are aware of, of what that is if they can't reach somebody. That's in good the bike. to hear. That's yes. good to hear. I believe when you won the show before with Mr. Uh, Marcus, um, we, we brought up this topic about the perception that local people 
Um, I don't know if it's a perception. Um, maybe it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, where they have a difficult time accessing um, financing from mm-hmm. these finance institutions in Turks and Caicos. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have great ideas, but they don't have enough money you know, to carry out or implement their ideas. Mm-hmm. And so they need financing from the banks. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and some of them complain that there's so much bureaucracy, they don't get the approval, um, the bank is not caring towards them, and so what they end up doing is going to these loan sharks where they're paying so much interest. Mm-hmm. How easy it is, or is it, are there a lot of bottlenecks, really? Or that's just a perception that the banks are not catering towards the local people when it comes to, 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 to financing? So I'll start off by saying this. Um, I know uh, CIBC First Caribbean is, is not perfect when it comes to uh, delivering uh, the customer service that, that people may expect. But we are definitely working to improve that. And the digitization journey is part of that, right? When we get a lot of um, the regular transactions digitized, then uh, our people now have more time to focus on dealing with the customers and getting them out more quickly. But to to go back to your question, um, we at First Caribbean have a, I'll start with the small business people mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. We have a, a robust um, clientele in the small business space. And we believe that in TCI, the small business community is, is growing. So much so, that we've added a new um, business banking manager uh, to our staff. So okay. we now have two business banking managers to uh, deal with small business persons. Oh, okay. And um, we are adding additional support to those people also. So from that perspective, uh, we want the business from the small business persons. I, I think our challenge is, and, and this is a challenge probably for the other banks as well, is that um, yes, that person may have a good idea, but we find that um, they may not have a proper business plan. Okay. We find that they may not have proper projections. Okay. Um, you know, things that will give us or show us, okay, if we lend money for this particular venture, um, the chances of, of it being successful is over 50%. Because no matter which way you look at it, um, the banks will remain conservative when it when it comes to startup businesses because we have to look after the interests of our depositors, mm-hmm. right? Um, but with that being said, uh, we are looking at ways, and this is not just from a First Caribbean point of view, we are looking at ways from a Bankers Association point of view to see how we can uh, educate our small business clientele mm-hmm. with regards to the things that they need to put in place to ensure that when they do come to the bank for financing, that they have the relevant documentation and the evidence to show, hey, my business is viable, um, I have the security, um, I have the track record to show what my business is making, and um, we are in a better position to make a, a informative decision on helping that person. Um, what we do find most of the times is a lot of small business people deal with cash, right? and instead of um, putting that cash into an account where we can then develop a record of what your deposits are, let's say over a 12-month period, we find that persons just use that cash to go pay 
with vendors or or whatever expenses that they may have. So let's say there's a small business person who banks with us and they come to us for financing. So when we look at the the activity on the account and we do it over a 12-month basis um, and they say, let's say for example, they say, well, oh, I make $500,000 a year, but we only see $150,000 flowing through the account. Then it's difficult for us to kind of reconcile that but and especially when they tell us, well, I, well, I use the rest of the money to buy materials, et cetera, et cetera. My recommendation to all small business persons is no matter where your bank account is, um, try as much as possible to funnel the cash through that account. That way you're building up a history of just exactly what your business does and it makes it easier for us to consider financing for you. Yeah. Um, I would say that uh, it, realistically the banks are not venture capitalists. We are, we are not a fund where we will invest in a business and then see if it works out. Um, it has to be uh, a business where um, either we are sufficiently comfortable that this business can succeed or the person starting up the business has some alternative form of repayment if the business fails. Mm. You know, so all of those things have to be taken into consideration. Yeah. If you just walk off the street and say you want $100,000, but you have no security, um, you no, have no evidence to show us, okay, how will you repay this? Then definitely we will have a challenge giving you a loan. Mm -hmm. I got you. So basically you're saying some of the reasons, I mean, let me see if I can recap this, some of the reasons why um, the business plan is not, is inaccurate. It yeah. doesn't cover everything. Yes. Um, the projections... Is, in most is cases, incomplete. there are none. Or there are none. Incomplete, yes. And basically, bad record keeping. Yes. They, they, they. A lot of businesses, small businesses, they have this cash coming in, but it's not reflected on their bank statement. Correct. I, I can attest to that. There, Correct. there are some businesses that I prepare financial statements for. A lot of them do take cash, and they're not putting it through their bank. And I do also encourage people to put all of your cash transactions. Yes. All of your transactions, cash and checks, yes. credit cards, everything through your bank account, well, credit card or macular gold, um, through your bank account. Because um, the bank, even though accounting firms provide financial statements, the bank also do their own due diligence. Correct. They also go to the bank account and check as well. Correct. And they, they can't see. Because sometimes it's, well, I spent all this cash. So you take their word and you reflect it. But the bank can't see that. Correct. And so it's important for um, individuals to have everything flow through a bank account. Yes. And to separate important. the personal from the business. Oh, that is vital. Okay. That is vital. Um, the small business person uh, definitely needs to pay themselves a salary. Yes. And, and not mingle their personal uh, stuff with the business. Because what that does then is it, it makes it difficult for us to say, well, okay, this is relating to the business. This is relating to personal. You say you let's say you say you pay yourself a hundred thousand dollars a year, just just hypothetically. Well, okay. The first thing we're going to say was okay. Well, show us uh, a history of where that's happening, and the person can't show it because they're taking the money out of the business account, mm -hmm. and they're not taking it. Uh, you know, they're taking it as needed. Okay. So there's not a consistent uh, way that we can see. Well, okay. 
This, this is, is so much they pay every every month. Yeah, I also basis. encourage yes. I also encourage um, business owners to pay themselves a fixed salary. Yes. So so let's let's go back then to the local now who's listening to this. Right. Of course you have expat you have expats um customers, you have local customers, right? Yes, yes. So are you saying okay, the perception on the from the locals is that people could come here on a plane and go to the bank and 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 get financing and they're not getting anything so is it then that sh- should i perceive or should i conclude then that a lot of the expats who are getting the loans that their business plans are better than or is is that could we could we come to that conclusion that so yes uh what i would say is that um a hundred percent there's no way that um, First Caribbean, or I suspect any other commercial bank, be it Royal or Scotia, would just give a loan for somebody who just came off a plane. Um, those persons have to present the same things that uh, a local would have to present. Financials, um, business plan, uh, security, mm-hmm. um, to be able to uh, afford or or be successful for that particular loan. So there's no truth in that. Okay. Right? Everybody has to qualify based on their risk profile, um, based on their ability to repay the loan, based on their ability to offer security to the bank. Got it. Yeah. What and, what, I, and what about that 50% thing you mentioned? You say uh, when you look at the business plan, you look at the chances of 50%. What, what do you mean by that? Well, that was just a generic figure I threw out there. Oh, right? okay. okay. Um, for us, um, we... we for businesses, we look at something called debt service ratio, right? And basically, debt service ratio is uh, we take your net profit, we add back any depreciation, we add back any interest, and that particular amount, we use that to see if that can be able to service the loan that you're requesting. Okay. For us, our minimum debt service ratio typically is 1.25 times. So basically, what that means is that amount, which is called EBITDA, earnings before interest depreciation taxes, mm-hmm. um, that amount has to be able to cover your loan payment on a monthly basis a minimum of 125 times, right? Okay. And what that does for us is historically, because we don't just pull these things out of the air. Um, these things are based on historical experience, mm-hmm. um, with regards to other businesses that we would have had uh, the privilege of of banking, right? So the 1.25 times is a standard, and we know, we feel comfortable that once that person can meet that or exceed that, then we know that that person is or that company is able to service their loan in a timely and proper manner. Okay, okay. One point I would say, though, is uh, what we have seen um, from the small business people is that um, they're asking for uh, merchant services, mm-hmm. um, getting the credit card machines. Yes. And I think that is wonderful. I would employ the small business community to continue that. Um, from that perspective, they're going cashless. And they're also um, building that record of all of their um, income transactions flowing through the bank. And, and we're able to get a record of it. So. I would encourage the small business community to, as much as possible, uh, use the machines um, uh, to do your transactions. That way, 
there's a clear record of of what you do yeah. in your business. Even from a security point of view, you don't have a lot of cash on you. Exactly. You know, everything is done through your credit cards. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought up the credit card machines. The reason I'm, I'm I, the reason I, I'm glad you brought it up, I, and I, I had this on my show. We discussed this on the show before. Yes. Um, where where merchants are charging um, customers this credit card fee. Yes. I contacted the banks, and the banks told me that it's not legal. That there's an agreement between the merchant and the bank. Yes. That whatever the price is for the, serv- the goods or services that's reflected, that's the fee that must be charged to the customer. But many merchants, not only in Turks and Caicos, I see it's happening somewhere in Florida as well, but we're going to talk about Turks and Caicos, where they're charging you a fee for using your, your credit card. Please tell us, is this legal? So uh, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going to say whether You don't got to be a lawyer, but you have an agreement. No, no, I'm not going to say whether it's legal or not. What I will say is the agreement between us and, and our merchants is that they should not be passing that fee on to the customer. Like any service that anybody has, there is going to be a fee attached to it. That fee is for the merchant, not to be passed on to the yeah. customer. So you are correct from that regard. Um, merchants should not be passing that fee on to customers. Okay, so what if we contact the bank and we we tell the bank that, um, for example, I went somewhere and, and they charged me and I need a document. I needed the information, so otherwise I would leave. But I really needed that. But what is the bank's penalty to that merchant for charging um, customers that fee. Now, not everybody does that. I must tell you, there are a lot yeah. of there are a lot of merchants in this country that do not charge. Right. But there are also many that do charge. Yes. Is there a penalty? So we would have to reach out to that specific merchant, and we would deal with them one on one with regards to that. Okay. So I hope the merchants are listening, and I hope the customers are listening, because customers, you have a right. You're not supposed to be charged that 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 fee. Um. Someone just brought a question. Let me ask this question. This question is from someone on Facebook. Why does it take almost two years before the bank answers or processes your loan? And why are they pricing the locals out of any opportunity to own or purchase? Okay. So us here at First Caribbean, we have recognized that... um, uh, loan processing does take uh, longer than it's supposed to. And we have actually made some steps to deal with that. One of the steps is that uh, we have already piloted what's called 1XG here in TCI. 1XG? 1XG, yes. And what 1XG is, is that um, it's an automated process where we can actually um, process consumer loans. And typically, we were looking at a threshold of up to... Uh, it depends on the customer, but up to no more than $50,000, Okay. right? But um, we're looking at processing consumer loans. That person will be able to apply online, uh, and this has to be an existing customer of the bank. Of course. And this is the importance of making sure that your stuff flows through the bank. So once that person is a customer of ours, they apply online. Um, once everything is in order, they can get a response within minutes and get the money on the account within minutes. Is that right? That is correct. 
You, a, this is already in place? It's going to be effectively put in place permanently this year. Mm -hmm. We ran a pilot on it already. Oh, We've had customers experience it already. Mm -hmm. And um, they totally loved it. Within minutes, the money was on their account. So you apply uh, online, get yes, your approval, yes. and the money goes on. Oh, yes, wow. this is for consumer loans, and it's for existing clients. So let's say, for example, your salary comes to us on a monthly basis. Then what that does is uh, we have, a, of course, in background, an algorithm that runs what's coming into your account. It runs the history of you repaying your loans. And this is another reason why persons should ensure that their loan payments are done in a timely manner. Because this particular program will take all of that into account. Mm -hmm. Once you pass, you get the money. Okay. What happens is if you, what's going to happen is if, if you apply and for whatever reason there's an issue, then that loan request will be kicked to a person. So that person then will review it and take it from there. Okay. But what that does for us in effect is because what we have found is that the majority of our lenders, their time is consumed with these small loans, $2,000, $5,000, So we are now implementing this product where they can go online, apply for loan, get a response within minutes, and effectively, what is that going to do for us? It's going to free up our lenders to focus on the mortgages, mm -hmm. focus on the land loans. So we hear the cry of TCI Islanders. We are working on it. And definitely the 1XG should be coming on stream this year. And I think um, those persons who've experienced it already, mm. they loved it. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a tremendous difference for us. And customers should see a tremendous change in turnaround time and responsiveness. That is, that is, um, that is, that is great news. It is. I mean, that, it is. We, we are very excited about mm -hmm. it. That's great. Why didn't you let me be one of those persons? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't want any more loans. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I want. could you share with the public, for example, if someone wants a mortgage, right? Yes, yes. What are the requirements in terms of how much they have to come up with for a mortgage? Say they want a, a, a small business loan, mm -hmm. well, how much they have to come up with. Mm -hmm. Say they want to purchase land. Mm -hmm. do you, do you, I don't know if you, I know you don't deal directly with this. Mm -hmm. How much do they have to come up with? Well, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. There, there are different criteria, whether you're a small business person, whether you are an individual. So I would say, okay, if you're coming for a first-time mortgage, then uh, we can do up to 90, 95% based on your risk really? profile. Yes. That's not bad. Based on your risk profile, ninety-five percent. So they only and, and they may not they may not even have put up cash because their that five percent could represent the the value of their property, right? If they have equity, yes, we consider that. So if if an equity basically means if you've owned your property for more than a year, um, and most of the time if it's free and clear, or if when we do a value on your property, there is sufficient now. It gets a little bit more technical, but I'll try and break it down as simple as possible. Let's say, for example, um, you have a property worth $100,000. We don't look at the full value of that property. The reason for that is if, God forbid, we have to sell that property, we are never going to get the full value of it, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a property worth $100,000, we'll look at 65% of that value if 65. you're an individual. Okay. So, um, Sorry, if you are a business, 
Oh, business. We'll look at okay. 65% of that, that value. Um, and then we will use that to say, okay, um, based on that, you may have sufficient equity for the loan that you're looking for. But it's the same thing for an individual, right? Uh, we'll look at the value of a property that somebody owns free and clear, and we can use that towards the loan request that they're looking to, to get. So to your point, yes, they may not have to come up with a 5% or 10% mm-hmm. deposit. Okay. So what about land? Say say um, an individual is trying to, to purchase land. Mm-hmm. Um, same scenario. Same you'll, scenario. You'll land up to 95%? Well, it, it No. No, for land is a little less, and that really depends on whether the land is residential or commercial. Okay. Right. So, um, that will ha- the person will have to come to us, and we will make that determination. Uh, we will let them know just exactly how much percentage we can finance based on the purchase. Got it. Got it. All right. Okay. So that's the land. All right. Now I know some banks they even um, discontinue. Um, Lending people um, mortgage for for um, to build. Um, you mean you, construction mortgage, right? Construction mortgage, but you haven't discontinued that, right? So, first Caribbean Bank, I'm pleased to say that we've always been the leader in that space. Um, we've always given construction loans, and we continue to do so. Um, they are more difficult to manage, but um, we understand from a customer perspective what the customer is trying to achieve. And uh, yes, we we still do that. We still do construction loans, and we will continue to do it. Got it. Now, the customer just has to be aware that, hey, whenever you're doing construction, it's done in stages, and you will have the cost of having a quantity surveyor or an appraiser come out at each stage to assess to make sure that um, the contractor has completed the stage before you can get the next draw. Mm. You know, some people... um, sometimes have a difficulty with that, especially when they make modifications. And this is one thing that I would say to our customers. Uh, When you present uh, a fixed contract with you and the contractor, that is what the bank lends you the money on. If you go ahead and make modifications that are costing more money, then automatically that becomes an issue um, based on what you had previously agreed. Uh, if you don't have the ability to fund that difference out of your pocket, then I would encourage you, please do not do that. Because then that runs into difficulty with you and, and getting another drawdown for your financing. That, because the bank would then have to reassess it and see if there's going to be sufficient money to complete the project. Right. right. right? Um, I, I know sometimes customers run into that issue. So please just be cognizant that when you agree a fixed price contract with the contractor and that's what the bank is using, try as much as possible to stick to that contract, stick to the stages. That makes for a more smoother process. If you want to make deviations, then you have to ensure that you have the capability of, of dealing with those deviations yourself. Right. And not coming to the bank afterwards and say, well, okay, um, I've made these changes. This is an additional $20,000 but that's not accounted for in the original loan. Mm-hmm. Then we run into issues, and then we have to try and reassess to see if the customer can accommodate this additional $20,000. Got it. Yeah. Um, um, last week, we had um, I had a guest um, on my show. She was the former, she used to work at Scotiabank, and she was talking about all these different um, um, different accounts that Scotiabank has, like junior accounts um, for you know young pe- students and mm-hmm. young people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
does First Caribbean have junior accounts as well? We we have something uh, um, styled Sure Start. Sure Start. Yeah. So so we do have a, a product where um, we can assist with that. Um, basically, though, essentially, what that means, though, is that uh, the parent would have to be part of that account. account. Yes, until the person is legal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, and I think we have, what's that? Oh, we have two more minutes. Now, I want to go back to the the process, of, you know, with the locals' perception. Um, when um, someone comes and presents their business plan to the bank mm -hmm. for a loan, does the officer go through it, let them up front, listen here, this does not look, like it's going to work, or we just or you just accept it, and then you just come later, and then tell them the loan was not approved. Do you, do you, is there a process where you sit down with that and with that customer or potential customer, go over the business plan with them and say this doesn't add up? Is 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 that part of the consulting? Do you have like a consulting period, or you just? What I would say is typically that's how it's supposed to go. Uh, when a customer comes in, they make a presentation. Uh, we are able to do a high-level calculation to say, okay, based on what you're saying your net income is going to be, uh, we can calculate the EBITDA and calculate the debt service based on what you say your income is going to be versus what the loan payment is going to be. And we should be able to tell you within a couple of days uh, because, you know, sometimes uh, the, the person may not be able to look at it right away, um, but we should be able to tell you within a short time frame whether this is something that's doable or not. Mm -hmm. Now, when we look at it, and let's say, for example, we say, yes, this looks doable. Well, then uh, we then start the process. That person then has to prepare the application and uh, send it for approval with our credit risk department, mm -hmm. who may come back with some questions, right? And then we have to go back to the customer to iron out those questions. It may be in a final analysis that uh, it is determined that the bank is not willing to accept that risk. Okay. And we then have to tell the customer, well, okay, you know, we've we've shopped this internally, but unfortunately, we will not be able to help you in this particular venture. What I have found and what um, my people do at First Caribbean, uh, for the most part, is even if we can't assist a customer right then, if we see that it's something that is viable, mm -hmm. we can give some recommendations to the customer, well, Maybe if you um, work on this particular part of the business for a period of time, you can come back to us. Okay. And once you provide evidence that, hey, this is working out well, we can look at it again. Okay. Um, so we, we do offer some level of advice um, to customers where we see that it may be something that uh, can work. Hmm. But it's just that it, it can't work uh, in that immediate uh, time frame. Okay. But if they work on something or... I'll give you a prime example. If a customer comes to us, um, they have the financials. Um, we know they're an existing business. Uh, we feel it is viable. Uh, or, or maybe they don't have the financials. Let me use that scenario. Um, we know the business. We see what's happening visually uh -huh. and, and in the community with regards to this business. Then we may say something along the lines of, okay, here's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that all of your money flows through the account. Right. 
You need to make sure that you keep records. You need to make sure that you pay yourself separately. Uh, within 12 months' time, you should have sufficient records to go to an accountant and prepare financial statements. Mm, okay. And those financial statements will be able to we'll be able to ratify them against your activity on your account. Okay. So you do give them some time. All right. You do advise them. Okay. All right. Yes. Um. The branches here. The way you only have one branch, two branches. Yeah. Do you have? Do you really have much authority? Because we get the impression that it's just like a rubber stamp. You 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 accept applications. Then it has to go to Barbados for approval. How much, at, at up to what amount do you have authority? Or, or, or do you make the recommendation and then tell us how it works rather than me making assumptions? Well, I, I will be general with it. I don't right. want to get too specific. I, I, but, fair enough. But what I would say, though, is um, our credit risk is not really only in Barbados. We have uh, representatives from across the territory um, who understands the particular territory, mm. right? Who who can um, be able to analyze and know what's going on, let's take, for example, within the TCI market. Right. So this notion of, oh, everything has to go to Barbados, this is not really correct. Um, from the perspective of what can be approved, um, all banks are basically uh, set up from the perspective of we have separation of duties now, all right? And mm -hmm. there's a specific reason for that, to make sure that everything is done properly and in order. So we do have a, a credit risk unit that assess applications after we ourselves would have gone through it. And make the recommendation. And make the recommendation, mm -hmm. correct. Okay, okay. I think my final question is about opening up um, bank accounts. Yes. Um, I saw a lot of people um, commenting on how long it takes um, yes. to open a bank account. Yes. Um, business and personal. And I must tell you that I did open up a, a personal, well, my daughter opened up a personal bank and a Scotia Bank. I don't like to compare you guys, but I have to tell you this. Yes. Once they got the appointment at Scotia Bank, they were able to get their bank account and they were able to get their ATM card the same day. Yes. Um, so she went to First Caribbean, and, you know, she had to get an appointment. I had to call somebody. They set the appointment, and I think they told her to come back in four weeks. I still don't think she went back yet. Um, is there – are you guys looking at that avenue? Because people are – not just for me personally, yeah, yeah. but people are complaining about the length of time it takes yes. to open a bank account. All the red tape, for example – um, you have you given you're given forms to these individuals. Yes. Some people don't understand the forms because um, it's a turnoff. It's like eight eight or nine pages for right. business account. Right. I know in the past that you guys would help them, but now they have to go away, fill it out themselves, or go to someone. They get they charge a fee for doing that. What are the plans to to making opening bank accounts easier and 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 faster? Right. So I'm going to separate the two. I'm going to separate sure. the individual and the business. Sure. So for the individual, I, I will acknowledge that um, we are currently challenged with that. And there are a number of reasons for that. Because we have um, implemented the over-the-counter cessation where um, people have to be a, um, a customer of the bank to do transactions, we have been inundated with people looking to open accounts. So there is a lot of people... 
waiting to do that. Um, so, oh, because some of those people didn't have a bank account. Exactly. They just went there and yes. cashed their checks. Yes, oh. yes. We, we have a large number of people who just use the bank as transaction based only. Mm. They bring their check, they cash their check, they take the money and they leave, right? I would say probably over 50, 60% of the long lines that you used to see comprise of these people. So because we have now stopped that, we are, that now directs these people to open an account with us. Oh, interesting. Um, and that, but that also means that we have uh, a lot of people to service from that perspective. A lot of construction workers. Yes. Too. So we have recognized this. Uh, we have heard the cries of, of our customers um, from the individual perspective. And um, we have actually uh, set up where you can apply for an account online. You can oh. go online. You can apply for an individual account. Is that right? Um, yes. The program actually takes a picture of your ID, takes a picture of your face. Oh. Um, uh, you can fill out the documents. It's very simple to fill. It's not a whole bunch of documents to fill out online. Okay. Um, you sign that. This is personal. This is personal. Mm -hmm. Once you've done that, then that then kicks to our people on the ground, and um, they would call you to finalize it. Now... One aspect that we have seen that uh, we, we did have an issue with is the issuance of the cards. Because um, it, it would take a couple of weeks for the card to actually come in. Yeah. Well, we are actually addressing that also. Oh, awesome. We have on-site uh, what's called an instant issuance card machine. And once that machine is operational, what that will allow us to do is print our cards right okay. there on site. Okay, you're getting up so, to Scotiabank so, now. Okay, yes. so, okay. So I, I, what I want to say to our customers is I know it's been a long time coming. Your concerns have not gone unheard. Uh, we are That's working good. on uh, different avenues to make things easier and better for you. So uh, I'll just go down the list. So... Um, Additional ABMs mm -hmm. at the main branch. Mm -hmm. um, you can apply for an account online. Um, we're going to be um, producing the cards on site once mm -hmm. that machine is up. And the machine should be up in a couple of months, right? That should be functional in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. We also, um, later on down in the year, are going to be implementing our, our prepaid debit cards. So we have a lot of things coming in the pipeline. And I, I do believe that once all the renovations at the main branch is completed, when we have implemented all of these products, uh, people will find that doing business with First Caribbean will be tremendously improved and uh, made an easier process. Mm -hmm. um, but so we're now, we now going through the motions to get that done. Well, the ABMs are in place. Uh, the instant issuing machine, the time frame probably is within the next two months. Okay. Um, because currently we do have a backlog of, of cards uh, to get people to come and collect them. Okay. In the past, what we've done is we've put on weekend blitz uh, on a Saturday. Uh, we sent a, an SMS out to say, hey, we're open on a Saturday. You can come and collect your cards. We've done that a number of times. And we will look to doing that in the future to facilitate our customers getting their cards and being able to go to the ABMs as opposed to coming in branch to do transactions. So we are working on this uh, improvement of customer service from all aspects. And I do believe that once all of these pieces are in place, 
uh, the customer will see a drastic improvement in in how they do business with us. That's awesome. Uh, what I would say too also is that, and it's not just uh, First Caribbean, but I think First Caribbean customers feel the impact more because we are the largest bank right. and we have the most customers. But I think uh, all of us are feeling the impact of not being able to source um, people on the island. You know, it's, it's become very difficult to, to get people uh, employed because the pool has become very, very small in terms of being able to quickly get somebody, interview them and, and get them employed. Mm. So I, I'm sure there are businesses across the country that's facing that situation because I, I talk to a lot of business owners and they're facing the exact same situation as us. And one of the reasons for us digitizing is also to to uh, not have that particular issue severely impact our business, right? So we have where customers can go and do most of the things themselves online or on the ABM um, while we work on the, the other matters and uh, try and, and get a swift response back to our customers. Okay, all right. Okay, well, someone just texts, I don't know, I've never experienced this, but I want to share this with you. Sure. They say every time they try to, to deposit the money, right? Yes. It accepts the money, and then when they confirm the deposit, it spits the money back out. Oh, that is it, interesting. Yeah. See, it happens on on many occasions. I would actually like that customer to reach out, out to me uh, or reach out to the manager of the bank because I would like to hear of that experience. Okay. I know how can we, they reach to the how can they what how can they reach the manager? Well, what what number should they call? I really don't want to give out a number because I don't want that person to be inundated with other okay. people. Clearly. All right. Okay. What okay. I would say well, what is... What customer service number is What I, What I say is um, you can get uh, the name of that person. I, I will do that. Me. I will yes. get the person's name yes. and number. And, yes. and, okay. And fine. I, I will deal with them. Okay. But But in terms of uh, our customer service um, um, number... I will definitely get that out to everybody. I think uh, it's so 4245. I'm not sure. I think, you know. Yes, but I want to make sure that I have all the numbers for them uh, available. So I just don't want to give one, you know. So I got it. I got what it. I probably do is I'll get that information to you mm -hmm. on your show. You can tell everybody. For sure. And I'll also put it in the newspaper so everybody mm -hmm. knows. For sure. Yeah. If they can't reach a branch, then call our customer service hotline and they will take your issue and they will refer it and yeah. so we can get it. Uh, resolved. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to say before we end? What I would like to say to our customers uh, and the TCI public in general is that um, please bear with us. We're going through a lot of transitions. We are renovating our main branch to make it modern, make it effective, make it a state-of-the-art branch in TCI. I think once people see the final product, um, TCI will be the envy of all the banks. Uh, all of these wonderful things that we're looking to institute will make us a more efficient bank, better be able to respond to our customers and service them in a more timely manner. So we have heard your concerns, we've heard your cries, and we are working towards fixing them in short order. Wow, thank you. Well, we're looking forward to, to these changes. I'm looking for maybe you guys need to liaise with the traffic department, people trying to apply for their license, they can't get It's a good idea. I like the thing where you're talking about applying online. Yes. And I think traffic department needs something like that. Um, what did they say? Oh, sorry. One more question. Why can't the door to the ATM area be locked? It's a safety issue. If you now have persons going there to deposit cash, 
Well, that depends on which door they're talking about because I mean there there's six ABMs there, right? Um maybe they're talking about the Grace Bay. Maybe. If they if they're talking about Grace Bay, that may be an option, but typically we don't mm. knock our doors. But typically what's supposed to happen is somebody's supposed to wait outside uh-huh. until that person is finished. Yeah. If it's a Grand Turk branch, um we will ensure that that happens. Right. We'll make sure that the security Okay, Grand Turk. Grand okay. Turk. Going forward, we'll make sure that the security is there to ensure that only one person at a time is in the ABM uh, cubicle or vestibule uh, doing their transaction uh, and that there's nobody else in there waiting, that yeah. they wait outside. All right. Because it's a safety issue, apparently, is a very big, it's a big concern, actually. I, I think when I, um, when I used to be in Canada, my, um, my bank card yes. allowed me to open the door. Ah, yeah, okay. it was, it's programmed that I could use my card and the door open. Okay, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you very much for being on the show. It was a very, very informative show, and and, um, um, and you're making progress. We are. You're we making are. progress. You're we not are. like some of those politicians making promises. <laughs> it seems like you are delivering, and so we're looking forward to a better um, First Caribbean Bank. And I also want to encourage those persons um, who want to get a business loan to please make sure you get a, a, a because what I'm hearing from him, from Mr. Gibson, is that the business plans are, are not are not adequate. It's not proper. It's not properly done. So make sure your business plan, make sure that your business plan can convince the bank that you know you are capable of paying that loan back, and they understand your business. At the moment, they're not getting that. The banks say they do not discriminate. They say it's not true that people can walk off the plane and get a loan, and you here have been living it for years. Can they say it's not true? They say everybody's treated the same way. Um, so make sure you get a decent business plan that they'll be so impressed, it'll be hard for them to decline um, your loan. And I, and I want you to, if you really need a loan, I want you to, you know, apply for it. Don't, don't listen to the noise in the market. Oh, the banks are not looking out for locals. You will know unless you try. So, 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 so get it done. Um, go out there and, 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 and submit it. And, and if you have problems, then you talk about it. But don't listen to people saying, oh, the bank is looking for you. Just do it yourself. I mean, I personally have not experienced um, anything from First Caribbean Bank. I haven't seen anything like from any of the banks. I apply, and I, and I got it. I, I, I don't know it's because of who I am. Well, who am I anyway? I'm not different from anybody else. I'm an ordinary person. But I, I didn't have any problems. So I don't believe you can have any problems as well. So I encourage you to, to, to go with... Um, your instinct, get that business plan, get it done. And also the great news is they, they could get first-time mortgages up to 95%. Um, yeah. that, is, that, is, that is great, great news. I mean, I remember uh, someone on Facebook was talking about how difficult it is for them to get a mortgage. Maybe she's not at First Caribbean Bank. I don't know. But First Caribbean Bank said they give you up to 95%. Of course, you have to have a good record. So I hope that this show has been very informative to for you. I hope it has answered some of your your questions. For those of you who send me questions, I, I try my best to answer all the, ask all the questions. So I hope you uh, can be, I just encourage you, I don't work for the bank, I'm not getting paid any commission, but I encourage you to be, be patient that soon and very soon First Caribbean Bank will be your bank of choice. Thank you for watching, financially speaking. See you next Tuesday. Uh... Ah. Uh.
DC.